All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will be 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli, joined as always by the man who built the place. Our technical producer is Alex Allard. High above uh, Rogers Arena, as you can see if you're watching on the YouTube live chat. Another beautiful day. You can't really see that it's a beautiful no, it's day because our camera's up high. But this damn new camera here. It's a it's a beautiful uh, it's a beautiful little look at the uh, the roof of Rogers Arena. So a lot of a lot of hype in the chat already today, which we always like to see. Always nice to see uh, people jumping in the chat. See people asking about uh, my my monster today. No monster today. No monster. I had a uh, coffee this morning, but I got an American uh, Gatorade, which my fiance picked up for me. And what uh, flavor is it? Strawberry watermelon. Oh, that sounds good. It is very good. I think it's as close to. Um, Fierce Melon, which was the best Gatorade of all time. Never had uh, it. Nothing even close to that flavor. It was the best Gatorade of all time, but they got rid of uh, Fierce Melon. So you know what I this like? This is as close as you can get. Hot my chair down a little bit. Strawberry Lemonade Powerade. Yep. It's good. That's a good one. It's good. You grabbed me a bunch of those the first time we ever uh, went out drinking together. Well, I said, yep. Get a couple of those in you between the drink there. You mix that. You'll be all right. Must be 19 plus to drink, folks. Yeah. Know your <laughs> limit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, try not to go too too far over it. Okay. Uh, Frank Cervalli is going to join us. Frank Cervalli yeah, is daily face-off. We've got to address this. This bat cam, something's got to change. I don't like it. Oh, whatever. We don't have to address this. Come on. Yeah, no caddy hat today for me. No, I'm getting a haircut today right after this. So. I'm getting a haircut on Saturday. So uh, I'm very much so looking forward to that. Yeah, you're looking a little, you know, you got the bushy hair going. Yeah, I don't look. Uh, We're going to see the, back of, the line in the back of your head again. Yeah, that's coming back. Starting tomorrow, I'll have it back. I'll be leaning forward like this. I, this back cam is a bad view. It's a bad view. <laughs> Do I blame Alex for it? Somewhat. But uh, no, not not really. Okay. Uh, Frank Cervalli of Daily Faceoff is going to join us, which is a great time to mention that all of our guests, if you haven't heard already, folks, great oh. interview with Todd Bertuzzi yesterday. Unreal. All of our guests are brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will give you $5 off your Order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. They've got giveaways, case breaks, all sorts of stuff. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. They also have a retail location in Surrey, locally owned company. Be sure to go check them out. They support us. You should support them. We appreciate it, folks. Uh, Zephyr Epic, as Chris shows the live show. Holy smokes, camera three just went down. The mount for camera three I t- I knew it just was bad broke. And Faber's phone just went flying. Uh, I don't think we want to switch to camera three. Alex switched to camera Jeez, three. There it is again. There's a nice little view. Uh, so camera three camera just three. broke, so we're going to have to figure that out. But I, What have I been saying? <laughs> I don't like camera three there. You have been saying that. Uh, Zephyr Epic. Oh, I'm going to give out. it to those people at freaking Nation Network. <laughs> Not Zephyr Epic. No, Z- no, love the Zephyr Epic folks. But the people at Nation Network, they're going to be hearing from me. I don't like the new camera. Because you installed the camera poorly? I didn't install it poorly. It was it was perfectly fine before before it fell to the and ground. And now they got this green Two days screen into it. Green screen behind I me. I like the green screen. It looks a lot better than what we had before. Nobody wanted to see your patio window, which is what we had. I disagree. I think the view is better before. Okay. Anyway, oh, uh, I'm going to get yeah, I'm okay, going to give okay. it to the bosses. Yeah, right. Get yourself together here. We got a whole show to do. Do you even have cities ready to go? No, For I Zephyr Epic? Oh man, favors favors rattled folks. Favors like not I'm gonna be able to do the show. Here, yeah. Do you need to go sit down? You want to go 
to the other room. Just take no, a good. take a breather. I'm fine. Okay. Do you want to try to do some cities, or should we just tell folks that the great folks at Zephyr Epic uh, ship free anywhere in Canada on any order over fifty dollars, uh, Canada wide shipping at Zephyr Epic. The this type is, of view that yeah, right there. It's a nice view there. This is a tire fire. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the Canucks, Chris. Let's talk about the Canucks. The Canucks are back at home. We were at practice today. Alex, switch these cameras, man. Get it back. That's okay. the view we want. I'm going back to the old way. I'm getting rid of this green screen. I don't like it. Green screen's gone. It just You couldn't even see my ride shoot well, card why, there very well. Why don't you frame the camera like that after? I mean, that's a, that was a nice, that's a nice, that's a nice shot. It is a nice shot. We could open with that. That's really easy. Solves all of our problems. Hold on. Yeah, make it even better. Okay, okay, okay. Enough. Podcast listeners, we can't do this. It's amateur hour up in here, as Cody Sievertson lovingly put in the chat. I'm I'm all rattled up now You're so rattled. I've never really seen you like this, My phone just dropped from 10 feet. I know. It was. It was a high fall. I wish we were on channel three, or on... uh, Camera three. That would right, be really let's funny. Get okay, to, uh, let, let me let's let get me, to what we saw at skate. You were you made a rare uh, appearance at uh, morning skate. I did. So I was at morning skate. Yep. You were at morning skate. The Vancouver Canucks were at morning skate. Yeah, they were. Vasily Pod Colson sporting quite a shiner. We've got a photo of this. Vasily Pod Colson returns to practice. He's got the fishbowl helmet, which, by the way, he said afterwards he absolutely hates wearing this helmet. So he's hoping that it can come off after Friday night's matchup with the Los Angeles Kings. We talked to Pod Colson about his injury as a whole. Obviously, he suffered it after getting into a fight with Boston's AJ Greer. You asked him what his wife thought of it, and he, he had a really funny answer. He said that uh, she just said, you idiot, and he said afterwards that she's probably right. Uh, I asked him afterwards if he had sought out any sort of uh, fighting tips from any of his teammates. I name-dropped Luke Shen. I said, have you gotten any tips from Luke Shen after the fight? And he said, no. But I will. Yeah. So Vasily Podkol's in quite the injury uh, after that. And yeah, I'm sure you've seen it for the podcast listeners. I'm sure you've seen it on Instagram. Man, me and the voice cracks lately, eh? It's been it's been bad. Wasn't going to say anything. Puberty's tough. Um, Vasily Podkol's in sporting the shiner at practice. Not the only thing we saw at practice today. Well, do you want to talk about Podkol's in? Uh, quickly, yeah, you can pull it up here, Alex. The Podkol's in and Dermot. Dermot's another player that was on the ice. Podkol's was a like, full participant. This eye injury isn't going to keep him out. He's got the bubble on there. Said he's probably going to wear that for one game. Uh, but then he'll be back. Uh, back without it, hopefully. He said hopefully one game, but Travis Dermott again on the ice. And I'll tell you what, like last time I saw Travis Dermott was uh, in a non-contact jersey before the Canucks went on that five-game road trip. He was definitely doing a lot more today, like a lot more involved in practice, kind of getting getting into some drills, obviously not into the, some of the big battle drills. He's still non-contact, but a lot more of like the skating, the passing, these type of drills. So I think uh, Travis Dermott's progressing nicely to get back in the lineup. Um, not tomorrow, I don't think. Uh, we'll have to see what Morning Skate tells us tomorrow, but I don't think we're going to see Dermot yet. Uh, but no. I, I think he's getting closer and closer and closer. Like, he was much more active today than he was whatever it was 10 days ago when I saw them last so, year in Vancouver. So let's talk about the bottom pairing, because on that left side, you assume Kyle Burrow skated as an extra today mm. with Jack Rathbone. So we're assuming, you have to assume at this point, that either Kyle Burrows and Riley Stillman are going to get cycled in and out or Rathbone's going to be a part of that and they're just going to get turns playing on that third pair. We don't know for sure, but it looks like Kyle Burrows is coming out of the lineup. Again, I don't want to read too much in a morning skate line or, you know, practice lines, but, you know, 
Why would you have Riley Stillman skating with Tyler Myers if your plan was to keep Burroughs with Myers uh, for Friday night's game against LA? Yeah, blown away by that. If just the way they lined up in, in the skate today in the practice, the way they ran through drills was, yeah, it was Hughes and Shen up there first, then OEL and, uh, and Ethan Bear going up second. But then it was Riley Stillman and Tyler Myers taking your run at your third pairing. And then uh, Rathbone and Burroughs were together. Like, I almost thought, like, hmm, maybe Myers is coming out of the lineup. Maybe it's like... Just to, from how good I thought Kyle Burroughs played in that role on the third pairing, like it wouldn't it wouldn't blow me away to see Myers be the one like sitting out tomorrow. That's like what I took away from seeing those pairings so, go together. Because I was like, hey, why not? So you think Rathbone Burroughs could be the I third just, pairing? I think from watching Burroughs play the last like last game. So you're hinging this more on how can you take Burroughs out of the lineup, which yeah, I agree with. I yeah. agree with you. I, I I would think that like it would be more surprising for me to see Burroughs come out of the lineup than than Myers come out of the lineup. Because I think Burroughs was one of their best defenders. Look at how much minutes he got late in that game. But I know that Bruce Boudreaux and a lot of coaches, they just seem to ride Tyler Myers for a lot of minutes, right? So yeah. wouldn't blow me away if that's what's happening. But it's just like in just my point of view of things, man, I'd be, I would not be happy seeing Kyle Burroughs come out of the lineup the way that he's playing. Curtis Lazar slotting back in. As he's going to play tomorrow too. He is. He joked that he was going to play first line minutes and first power play. Uh, time he was going to yeah. get that, and he said it's up to the coach. He said it's up to the coach. Oh, he, he was said, so ready for that question to yeah, start with, too. He was like, he, he had what that, are you guys, had what are you guys laughing at? Like when he said, "I'm ready for first first line, first power play. I'm he ready was, for it all." He was practicing that in the mirror. Oh this morning, yeah, he, he sure. definitely was. But he was between Vasily Pod Coles and uh, and Brock Besser. Sheldon Dries mixed it in that line a little bit, but I assume that we're going to see Dries probably get sent down here pretty quick. He's going to have to make that trip back out east. Poor guy's going to be racking up the air miles. So good for him on that. You know, go on a nice trip in the summertime, but. Uh, I think, yeah, Lazar's going to be back, and I think that brings a lot more to the top nine. It kind of rounds it out nicely with Pod Coles and Besser there. I think it gives Besser a little bit more of a chance to to create a little bit of offense. Um, as as good as Dries has been at times, he had a really bad game to to close out the road trip there. Uh, and I think that you're you're getting a better NHLer here with Curtis Lazar coming back in the lineup. And I, when I asked him about it a little bit of just like, do you change your game at all, right? Because it, it sounded all really good the way that Lazar was talking early in the season about being an energy guy. Um, just kind of like being someone who likes to get the crowd involved, just like live up to, to being really hard to play against. That all sounded good on a fourth line, right? Like that all sounded great on a fourth line. A little bit of a different look when you go from your wingers being Joshua or Amon being the other guy you're playing with to now Pod Colden and Besser. There, there's some guys who can shoot the puck there, right? So uh, I, I'm curious to see how that combination kind of looks. I don't think they've played a lot together, right? Pod Colson and Besser and Lazar. I don't think we've seen that line even maybe together once. So, um, there's definitely some things that might be able to work there. Obviously, Pod Colson's off to a slow start of the season. Brock Besser, though, he's getting all the assists, not really off to a great scoring touch yet. I don't know. Maybe they can find something there in a bottom six matchup against other teams' bottom six lines. Can I give you my hot take? Sure. I'd like to see Will Lockwood in the lineup over Niels Hoaglander. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that because, I, again, I, I owned up to it on the last show. I've talked about it before, how I get tired of hearing people talk about Will Lockwood, like he's good, you know, the second coming of Tyler Mott and all this stuff because he's not. He's not there yet. But that game that he had, he was that was a strong game for him through and through. And I'm personally, I believe you can't take a guy out after he's had a game like that. I would like to see Will Lockwood get another shot. I'd like to see him get another shot on the fourth line alongside Dakota Joshua and Nils Amon. As we saw him when they had success, they scored a goal at even strength. Look, if you score a goal like that, that little tic-tac-toe goal they had. Yeah, beautiful. Lockwood deserves a longer look. And again, I'm not saying that Hoaglander should get sent down or anything crazy like that before people start tweeting about it. I'm just saying that I wouldn't be surprised if Will Lockwood's given another shot. And in fact, I would prefer he's given another shot. Like, I would like to see him, you know, 
play until he's worked his way out of the lineup. And again, that's tough because Nils Hoaglander, he's done the same thing. Like he's played really well. He, yep. he hasn't, you know, taken his foot off the gas. It feels like so. Who comes out of the lineup, right? Like, are we looking at Pod Colson again being a healthy scratch? You know, maybe they use no. the eye as an excuse. Who comes out of this lineup? I don't think it's Kuzmenko again. No, I think it is going to be Huglander and Dry sitting on the outside. I think Dry's also get sent down. I I, I think Lockwood's going to get another run out there. That trio worked together, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's the question that we've had about Niels Huglander up to this point in the season is what does he look like on a fourth line? Can he fit into what Bruce Boudreaux wants from his fourth line? Uh, and Lockwood, in the question, you know, if you ask that question about his debut this season, he, he totally fit into that line. He did a lot of things that worked with the other pairing there. And I, I also think, like, looking at this with the two extra forwards, like, to me, it is going to be Dries that gets sent down, not Lockwood, right? Who, I think if you look at just, like, organi- organizational depth at forward... Dries has probably had a Lockwood. We've seen him called up and play a lot more this season. But you have some centers here now with Lazar coming back. You have Amon playing center, obviously. Joshua can play center. Like, I mean, I think he's been really good in the faceoff dot, actually, when, when Amon's been getting waved out. So it might be an interesting move there to see Amon potentially get out of the lineup here soon. But uh, at the same time, I really think that, like, listen, I've been saying it. I've been, what do you call it, Faber-gasted? I've been Faber-gasted with Amon. I think he's, he's really impressive at, you know, the one quote I always go back to of Brujo talking about him was like, he's always on the right side of pucks and he really is right. He's not ultra skilled, but he's on the right side of pucks and he skates well and has size. Like that's what you like to see in your fourth line. So um, I don't think Almond's going to be the one coming out. I think it could be Joshua or Huglander. I think, uh, I think it's going to be Huglander though coming out of that lineup. I agree. I wanted to quickly get this in though. Alex Edler's hit on Connor McDavid last night. Okay. It had the Edmonton media group ready to just run down to ice level and fight Alex Edler themselves. Mm. That's what the Twitter reaction sure sounded like. Oh yeah. Your thought on that one? Was it dirty? That's my real question for you. I don't. I don't know if it was dirty, but it probably can go for a tripping penalty, right? Okay. I don't think the knee was like moved into it like we've seen. So not honestly, Edler yeah. doing the pass. Yeah, exactly. Like, hang the leg like he did on Hyman. Yeah, which I don't is think he hung about. the leg. It just was a, a strange situation. How they like? I didn't see a lot of people mentioning like the other forward coming back for the Kings. There creates a really tight space. Edler's, you know, he, he's. That's his ice. It is his ice, his right? Ice. Like he's allowed to be on that part of the ice. I I didn't think it was like dirty. Um, I probably thought that hey, you do that to Connor McDavid, you probably need an answer for sure. it. I think that is just part of the game, but didn't think what Edler did was dirty. I just didn't think that. It, I, I was you know I was expecting a response from the Oilers for that hit. Sure, but describe describe you have to answer for it. Does Alex Edler have to drop the gloves with Darnell Nurse? Yeah. I don't think so. No, yeah. I don't think. Why does Alex Edler have to drop the gloves with Darnell Nurse? I just because like, he made a clean hit. Alex on Edler doesn't have to, but the Oilers have to have a response. Sure, and w- for but, a what they likely believe was a dirty. Okay, hit. so the Oilers have to have a response. Does Does Edler have to fight? No, right? Like he can cower down to the ground if he wants, or maybe then another LA player steps in, or that's just you know it's the it's the dance it's the dance of uh, of having some sort of reaction to hits on your superstars i think that almost always like superstars should be i don't want to like protected from the rules obviously but at the same time if it's it's going to be a situation like this and i have no problem with a player like nurse coming in there the back view of this hit from edler it's it makes it look a lot more clean like you see that it's edler he just has the ice and hey we we've watched alex edler for years mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing he, he, it's not like he wasn't trying to make contact. He knew what he was doing with that leg, but he also, I don't think, made a dirty play there. I think it was just a hit. Like, 
That's a hit. That's a hockey and it, hit. There's I don't no understand. room for McDavid to get around either, right? Like the only space he had was right there where that leg is. And yeah, like Edler led with the leg, but he didn't lead with like a hanging knee, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was as dirty as some of those oily boys out there were talking about. Yeah, they did not want to hear it when I was uh, in the. Uh, I was texting a few of them, oh, I know. and I was like, "That was clean," and they they were not happy about that. Bag Milky dropped his uh, Arby's beef and shed. See, like yeah. that's hanging the knee. The the one that's yeah, the, the one on Hyman was hanging the knee, and you know, to your point. Edler had to fight for that. Edler, I believe, mm. had to fight Wayne Simmons, uh, who's a little bit out of his weight class and fighting ability. Sure, um, that was uh, that was really interesting. But yeah. uh, he had to drop the gloves. I don't. We'll I don't get think to Frank to, uh, Frank Cervalli in just a minute here, but I don't uh, think you have to drop the gloves in that. That's my take on it. I, well, I don't think he you doesn't have to, have to. But you have to have maybe a the Hyman the Oilers. One. Maybe the Hyman one. Sure, but the fine response winning the game because Connor McDavid went and took a cross checking penalty on Edler, and they ended up losing that game. Mm. I'm not saying that's why, but. Like, they didn't win the game. Shouldn't your response be to come back and, you know, make them pay besides just a blatant cross-check on Alex Edler? I don't know. I hope Yash is in the chat. Yash Arya. Because, yeah, that other angle, it makes it... That's his ice, too, right? That's his ice. Know what else I thought was interesting today? Alex, maybe you can pull this up on my Twitter feed here. What the, uh, The Canucks took down their big banners inside of Rogers Arena. It had the players all over them. I think it said our pursuit. Is that what it still said? I believe that at the time or uh I don't think the banner said anything. No, okay. Well all the players came down and uh we seen the Rogers uh thing go up for them. So uh a couple little changes. Also noticed some some changes in the media room there. We're gonna see, you know, when you guys see Bruce Boudreaux, it's gonna be looking a little bit different. Some changes around the arena. We'll have to see if uh it's just the arena getting changes or potentially some of the roster as well, right? What? Are you in your pot stirring? I just, no, I'm not pot stirring. I've been watching this team for so long, There's and they need a change. change. You're right. You're right. And yeah, the changes were the, uh, we were joking about oh it with goodness, Batch and Randeep, man. who were at Morning Skate, talking well, about Well, Batch uh, and Randeep, tell you what, working for Rogers, they're the only guys with an NMC now at this point. They got well, 11 years locked Yeah, in. I was going to say, like, the players that were up there were like, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, and then on Rogers, the other side, it was like Hughes there. and Besser. They'd knock those down. Those are, you could see it in the seats there. They just kind of knock them down, and then they put up these brand new Rogers ones. used to be Bo Horvat. Out there partner. now you got a big Rogers thing, and the way I explained this, because someone was like, "Why did they do that?" I'm like, "Rogers is paying for that space. Oh yeah, so they're really not good. making any money from uh, having JT Miller up there." Oh damn, shots fired! All, all right, anybody? Okay, get to our guest let's here. get to it. Let's get to Frank Cervelli. Uh, all of our guests brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Frank, we're going to start off with a uh, heater here. Uh, what was your thoughts on the uh, play with Alex Edler and Connor McDavid last night? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So I didn't, I agree with you guys. I don't think it's worthy of any supplemental discipline at all. I could see maybe even stretching. It's, I think it's a stretch to call it even a tripping penalty. Um, I think the point was really well made by Chris. And I, I had spoken about that on my show earlier today. The idea of the back pressure from the forward there doesn't really leave a lot of room. And I understand the consternation, the anger, the angst from the Oilers fan base, because this is Connor McDavid. Like this is maybe the best player of all time. And if you see him go out with a knee injury, it could derail his entire career. Uh, I get why you're upset, but in this case, the angle that did it for me, and I don't know if Alex still has it from my show earlier, but it's a reverse angle from TNT and Alex Edler doesn't, change his posture at all he went in with a wide stance he was gliding for about i don't know 15 feet before he closes in on mcdavid and i think it's just an unfortunate and unlucky play but given the history of alex edler and the knees not just the hyman one but also going back to the world champs in 2013 he loses the benefit of the doubt and so i i get why it's a talking point this is the angle. You can see Edler going in. Look, he doesn't move the leg at all. It doesn't change. It almost goes the and other that, way of hanging a knee, too. I think it almost goes in. It's the opposite of hanging a knee, almost. You're right. It goes forward a little bit, yeah. but I, I don't think there's enough here to look at this and say this is something that should be suspended. Yeah. No, I think we're all in the same books here. Are you happy? You get your Oilers Nations talking here? Saying. I know you like your Oilers talk. <laughs> I was like, case closed. Thanks for joining us, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Frank. We'll get to Vancouver. Well, I talked here. about this on seven different shows. Today, so I'm good today. <laughs> yeah, I've already heard you on Vancouver radio this morning. So uh, we'll dive into some Vancouver topics, obviously. I think there's got to be a lot of chatter going on right now. I'm curious just to get your thoughts on the overall trade market this early into the season without any. I mean, we've seen a few major injuries that are going to keep some players out and maybe affect cap you know, compliance down the road. It feels like a lot of those players that have suffered long-term injuries are expected to be back later on the season. So I'm curious, like, do you, what do you think the trade market is over the next, you know, two weeks kind of here? Like, are we going to see some sort of movement? Because there's a lot of people believing that the breaking point in Vancouver has already happened towards moving to trade. So what do you expect over the next two weeks, just league wide, really? Yeah, Chris, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see something, you know, it's percolating for sure. I, I, I think you could see something in the next couple of weeks here before Christmas, without a doubt. There's enough teams that are unhappy with their starts in order to pursue conversations like this. I think that's a fact. And it's just, I'm not making any excuses or tamping down any sort of expectations or, or hunger for a trade. It's really hard to make one given the cap situations. And I, I just I wonder how much that really slows things down. There's also this performative dance that needs to happen with GMs that they can't, for whatever reason, a lot of times get down to brass tacks and, and do the deal. Uh, they need to, oh, I like about six guys on your team. Okay, so who? like? And they go through this whole thing where it's like everyone knows kind of what you're after, and for whatever reason, they don't get down to business. It takes a while. It's like they're, 
or working him over between now and March 3rd. And in this case, <laughs> I'm with you. Like I, if, if there was going to be a coaching change, not to say that there ultimately won't be one in Vancouver, like why didn't it happen last Tuesday after Jim Rutherford made his remarks on Monday? Like, it's gone on long enough, and I tend to believe that I think there's a trade coming maybe even before a coaching change. What did you make of those comments from Jim Rutherford? Like, what was your reaction to those? Is it fair, that type of thing? Well, I think it's – I don't even know if it's fair because Bruce Boudreaux has – he's done this for a long time, and he's been pretty good at his craft. He's won a lot. And he's handed a really imperfect roster and had a good run last year. And so I I don't know that it was fair, but I do know that Jim Rutherford has a method to his madness. Like he, he's also been around a long time and has won a lot. And I, what I was trying to figure out on the other end of it was what is he trying to say here and who is he speaking to? Yeah. It's not to the fan base because I think everyone sees it vaguely the same way or close, you know, close enough. Um, Was he speaking to ownership? Was he saying, I want to make a coaching change and I I know you don't want to pay three coaches at the same time, but this might be best? Or was he, I, I, I can't come up with an explanation other than that, really, that makes any sort of sense. Other than that, in some ways, it also takes heat off of him for um, the lack of changes that were made this summer, particularly on the back end. I think that's kind of, and you know what? It's, you know this, Frank, it's a very engaged fan base here in Vancouver. And I think there's a lot of smart people here as well that were kind of saying what you're saying. Like uh, when you hear Jim Rutherford come out, who is he speaking that towards? Because I don't, I think you're right. I don't know if that was directed towards the fans. I was wondering, like we were talking about on the show the day after, like, is this a weird way to fire up the group? Cause it feels strange, right? Like we couldn't really put our finger on it. Like that's the other thing too. When he's talks about structure and talks about this roster, Canucks fans felt like after that Jim Rutherford media availability on, on Sportsnet that like, okay, we've all heard this before. Now we've heard all this. We've, we've talked about the defense needing to be better. We've talked about the structure needing to improve. I don't think it's the structure from the coach. It feels like the structure of the team. That's kind of where the fan base got to, from that, and it's weird because the way that Rutherford's talked about the future in the past, the fan base has been like, yeah, like, yeah, this all sounds great. But that one that he did last week, it, it really struck the fan base of like, okay, we've heard all this. We've heard all this. Do something. Do you think that, like, they could actually go much longer here without doing something major to this core? No, and I think they're working on it. I, I just, I think they've tried previously and never found something that they were ultimately comfortable with. And... There, there's no doubt they're working on it now. Um, I think whether it's very near term and short term or longer term, um, you know, I, I just there's some smoke there. Like I think that they're beginning to have those conversations. Whether it's about Bo Horvat, whether it's about you know trying to move out one of these larger contracts. Like part of the problem is that even among the guys that they'd really like to move, there's also no moves or no trades in place that really kind of handcuff them in some respects. So it's complicated. And where do you start picking off pieces? I think the rallying cry part of it was something that I also thought about. And I think Bruce Boudreaux kind of seized on that a little bit mm. the next day when you heard him talk and you were thinking like, okay, this is sort of the moment that that team might band together a little bit and rally around Bruce. Cause I, I do think in talking to a bunch of guys in that locker room at varying points this year, they really like him. 
And I think they've enjoyed playing for him. They don't think he's at fault, but they also have their own limitations, right? Like they can only be what they are. And in an odd way, I've sort of, it's made this so awkward for everyone because in some ways watching and listening to Bruce Boudreaux and reading between the lines from his comments after each and every game, it almost feels like he started to like distance himself from these players after a few games and losses where it was like, he started banging the drum on the defense a little bit. Mm. And it was like, Oh man, like this is it's, I thought it might go one way and it's kind of gone the other, which has made it even more peculiar. So, so the way we've had this conversation for the past, basically this week, especially big trade or Bruce Boudreaux firing. What do you think happens first here? And big trade. I'm not talking another Jack Stadnika. Yeah, I, I think I'm talking Horvat, Miller, Demko, something big like that before a trade or a firing. What do you think? I, I would tend to agree with that based on how long this has dragged on. Um, Jim Rutherford, the man speaking these comments, holds the keys, mm. and I'm, I'm holding up an imaginary key ring. Like he's <laughs> got all the keys right now that he could make that move. I think if he wanted to and has resisted for whatever reason. I don't know if that's an acknowledgement on his per- part that this is an imperfect team. Um, but I, I, the longer this has gone on, I, I tend to think trade and I tend to think, Bo, I, I don't, who's taking on JT Miller with that term after that season that he may never touch 99 points or get close to it again. And as Thomas Drance has been beating this drum as well, is probably really a winger instead of a center. Like where, like who's taking on that contract? I, I don't think anyone right now, like they had the opportunity and missed it. And are you going to trade for 10 cents on the dollar or 20 cents on the dollar based on, you know, the value that was out there previously for JT Miller. And like, how does that work? Like I, I so you could then say Demko and you're like, okay, fantastic goalie in his prime that's been asked to do a ton and can clearly carry a team. And what would he look like under a team that's a lot better constructed there? There's probably a ton of value there, but you better be damn sure in what you're building that, you know, you don't end up needing him in three years, if that makes any sense. No, it's true. I mean, like, so I think there's danger in, in making that snap decision, but I all like I just keep coming back to Bo, and I've always come back to Bo because I don't even know how much Bo wants to be here at this point. Yeah, I how think much he wants would to you want to be here if the team has made it clear that you're not a priority, and you know the band aid's getting ripped off at some point? You might as well just do it and enjoy your season. Yeah, and you know what, Canucks fans would probably hope for the best, <laughs> like really for him if he goes to a contender even for next year and is a rental and then hits free agency. Canucks fans would want that for Bo. I feel like. Uh, even though a lot of them want to see him stay here. But back to Miller. I, I find it interesting because, yeah, there's a big contract starting next season. Uh, none of that no move, no trade stuff clicks in until next year. So he's still available. Patrick Alvin's confirmed that to us in the offseason. Ten goals and six assists through 17 games. Like, yes, he, there's a lot of questions about what he does defensively and if he's a center or not. But no team, you don't think, is, is sniffing around that to give up anything for Miller? Is like, is he already a trade that needs to have something attached to it to get rid of him? If he's not, he's close to it. Like, I I just, I don't know who, like, because here's, here's the problem. And I I was talking to another GM about this today is if you could take on JT Miller in his entirety, then maybe that's one thing. And like, you don't need to 
you know, you can swallow the whole cap hit if that makes any sense. But if you have to take from your team, which any sort of really good team or team knocking on the door of being a contender would just to make the money, like it's not about giving something up. It's also the piece you have to pluck off of your team in order to fit him in that changes the equation on everything. Hmm. That's a really interesting perspective. You, you talked about how Bo Horvat's enjoying his season so far. We know he's not going to finish at a 68-goal pace. Well, we think he's not going to. He's on pace for it right now. We don't think he's going to finish with that. Bo Gilney. Bo Gilney. What does Bo Horvat get on the open market? I understand he's probably not going to you know, reach far over 50 if he even touches 50, but Bo Horvat's been nothing, done nothing but raise his price tag since the start of the season. He's absolutely, at least through the first you know, first quarter of the season has absolutely crushed his contract here. And that's like full marks to him because all the things going on with a bad team, with, you know, the contract that has really been largely ignored in negotiations with the Canucks, um, that could like, that could really impact a guy. Like you could see someone stumble out of the gate and say, you know what? There's a lot going on here, and I can't, I can't put it aside. I, you know, I'm struggling to focus and play. Mm. And he's been good, and we know that with Bo, it's not always just about scoring goals. He's a pretty complete player. Like he provides a lot for your team in your own end of the ice. That I think makes him incredibly attractive to anyone um, that would be interested in a center. And I can name, mm. I don't know, five teams like really without blinking. I would love to have a center. And I, you guys mentioned, you mentioned that you heard my hit this morning on, on Sportsnet radio, like Columbus is one that I've had my eye on for a bit, but how about Detroit? Mm. Boston is going to need a replacement for Bergeron and Krejci. Um, Edmonton, I believe is, is looking for a center as they get closer to the deadline. Uh, go through the, go through the teams. Like there's uh, who wouldn't be able to plug in a player of Bo Horvat's stature um, down the middle. They're hard to find, which is why his trade value is so significant. And, and Jim Rutherford, he hinted, like he full on told you like, well, you know, we're kind of trying to sign him, blah, blah, blah. But if we don't, he's increasing his trade value. So they know it. They're milking it. I'm sure they're going to manipulate it. And in some ways, from a Canucks perspective, it might make sense to pull the trigger right now rather than, you know, after a 14-game stretch that follows this where he might only mm. score five. Yeah. No, it's a great point, and that's the thing. Like, his his value has never been higher at this point, right? And I think getting that chance to see what he looks like on your team for an extended run instead of just, you know, 15 games and a playoff run, then maybe a team wants to see that in case they want to, you know, get him on an extension moving forward. So value's never been higher. Well, but The other thing, Faber, I think you should consider, too, is that the Canucks might be able to sweeten the pot a bit if they can allow negotiating rights mm. before the trade goes down, meaning they get pretty far down the track and the Canucks say, well, if you'd like to talk to him and get a deal done, you're going to give us this in exchange. Maybe someone's willing to do that to get cost certainty on the other side of it so that the return is that much better for Vancouver. I think they'd be really wise to go down that path. Interesting. A couple guys with cost certainty that, and we'll close on this, Frank, but two guys that are more in the situation of you're just buying them for a playoff run. Uh, Luke Shen, Andre Kuzmenko, both making under a million dollars. Like, if you're getting the good part of Kuzmenko, like we saw earlier in the season, instead of the last three games here, teams must be interested in that. Luke Shen, I mean, right shot defense market is not uh, 
not jam-packed full of guys that are going to be available for trade right now. So I'm wondering what are the thoughts on those two players maybe and, and being someone that the Canucks want to move out here for what I expect to be a half-decent uh, draft pick return there. Yeah, I would agree on both accounts. And I think Kuzmenko was such an unknown. Like, how does the game translate? How will he personally translate to playing in North America? Obviously a talented guy. But as you've seen in the last few games, like, I think there's really something there and and something to be said for the work that Patrick Alvina and his scouting staff did in trying to convince him to sign there. I think that was an important move. Obviously, they were had higher expectations for this year. And that was also part of the risk of Kuzmenko is that if things did go off the rails, you do all this work to get him. And then he's, you know, right after that uh, UFA, um, it's not easy um, in terms of, you know, we, we wanted to keep this guy, but maybe the value is more on the market than what you'd get in keeping him. And Shen, same thing. He's just, he's steady. Um, you know, and you look at this point in his career, like he, I think what's most important about Luke Shen is that he's really comfortable in his own skin. Um, you've heard Quinn Hughes, you know, sort of rave about how easy he makes it to play with him. He's been in a lot of tough situations and scenarios in his career. He's experienced, you know, the the upper echelon of being someone that's counted on to play big minutes and be a high draft pick to someone that had to go back to the AHL and figure out his game. Won two Stanley Cups, um, has been through a lot of different scenarios and situations that I think that experience and the steadiness factor of him, uh, same thing, would, would net you something pretty decent. Yeah, well... We're looking forward to change, that's for sure. We've been covering this team for too long and, and waiting for it. So uh, sounds like that uh, is coming down the road, which Canucks fans should hopefully be excited about. So we'll see what happens here. Frank, appreciate you joining us here uh, on the show, and we'll do it again uh, pretty soon, maybe when we do have a big trade to talk about. Yeah, I'd, maybe not all that far away. See you guys. <laughs> Chat with you tomorrow then, Frank. Thanks. <laughs> there he is, Frank Valley, Daily Faceoff, joining us here. Uh, always good to get Frank on the show. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot to dive into. There's a lot to chew on from what Frank talked about. And I mean, it's a lot of the same players that we've mentioned. I, I, I was a little curious to hear his enthusiasm towards it, almost a, of how the Canucks and Bo Horvat seems to be the top thing. And, and it doesn't surprise me, right? No. Like that is the big player who's most available here for the Canucks and get you what I think is a massive return. But the other interesting thing he said was like, yeah, what if it is a, a 16 game stretch with three, four goals, five well, goals that, that yeah. is this the time to do it right now? Because you can hold on to money from Bo Horvat's contract and make him like a very useful, even if you're just kind of using him as a rental, right? Like that is a situation that I find interesting. It's like you, you what you can get him down to what's he making five, five, you can get him 2.75. You hold on to half of that. And it's like, what are the Canucks going to do with that two seven five? They don't need to add a player back. If you keep Bo Horvat, like mm-hmm. the longer you keep Bo Horvat, the more you're risking a, a scoring slump, which would hurt. Yep. Because I don't think he can raise his value any higher right now, man. I don't think he can. Like, can it get any higher? Oh, that's the thing. So, A, a scoring slump. And two, I mean, B, an injury. Like, nobody's bringing that up, and it sucks. You don't want to talk about an injury. Knock on wood very firmly. Because you'd hate to see that, especially in a contract year where he's played like this. Bo Gilney. Mm. Like, Bo Gilney is what we're calling him at Canucks Army now. And, again, you risk both of those things. And a scoring slump is probably uh, what you should be most worried about, right? You risk that by having him in the lineup, right? And again, I'm, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think it's going to get better. Like, is there, I, I just, okay. And I understand I'm not saying that the Canucks are keeping him for the purpose of, oh, we think we're going to turn this around and maybe we'll get him signed. I think the Canucks are keeping him for the purpose of 
let's see how desperate teams get. Mm. Let's see how good the offers get, right? And it's a bet that they're taking. And again, we don't know what the offers they're getting right now are, but they're going to probably get better and better toward the trade deadline. And as more injuries happen to centermen and, you know, um, you know, teams are unhappy with their starts, like Frank said, but maybe teams are looking at it and saying, hey, we're middle of the pack. We really need something to push us over the edge. You've got a whole new market of teams available that want to acquire Bo Horvat. So again, I understand why they're waiting a, a little bit, but again, I, I'm all for making the move it, sooner rather than yeah, later. I found it interesting you brought up uh, brought up the Red Wings too as a team maybe, you know, because that might be something they want to look for him long term. Um, currently have some cap space available as well for the Red Wings to go after that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here moving forward. And, yeah, I think that was why I kind of wanted to ask him, like, hey, is this going to be a lull here for the next two weeks? Or are we actually going to see something? And I'm not saying, like, Frank didn't say it, but it sounds like more towards the, no, something's going to happen, right? Like, that's, I think, exciting and what Canucks fans want to hear. We just want to see some change and, and some different kind of hope because the, the hope right now has died. So you need a different type of hope. Was something to latch on to, something new to latch on to that sounds like it's progressive towards getting towards a Stanley Cup because that's what, honestly, we all want to see. So, Of course. And getting you to a Stanley Cup is one of the goalies in our poll oh, question. Oh, wow. Today. Here we go. Our Atlas Goods poll question brought to you by the great folks at locally owned and operated Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. Folks, people always jump in the chat. People text us they're like, hey, pork rinds aren't good. Try these ones. Let us know what you think. Because, okay, here's the thing. People always jump in the chat. They always have their little sassy stuff. They're like, pork rinds are nasty. We have never heard anybody say they didn't like these after buying them. Yeah. Not once. I've never met anybody that said they didn't like them. Okay. Not so with that, uh, our poll question today, who do you think, who, who do you want to see start in net on Friday against the LA Kings? We'll see what Alex goes with. Our options oh, are Alex, Thatcher Demko, go. Spencer Martin, and I appreciate you for putting this one in, Archer Seelovs, and know. as always, I'm angry chris i went with uh the minority here nine percent of voters i appreciate that we got nine percent saying archer Silovs. 48 percent, along with producer alex saying thatcher demko 31 percent saying spencer martin and 12 percent say they are just angry mm. right now uh that's how our poll question looks that's right now i'm angry always lives around 12 percent though so it's actually surprisingly yeah. not higher than 12%. Because well, like Archer loves is on there. 12% of people are always angry in the pods. Like, so so not horrible. But yeah, a lot of, listen, people still want to see Thatcher Demko. I'm just uh, saying, wouldn't be surprised if it's Spencer Martin tomorrow. I, I would either. really not be surprised tomorrow. And hey, would I be that against it? No. No. It's such a minor thing. They got the goalie guys in there today. You got Kevin Windley talking my ear off here. Hey, he's leaned over And what me. was he saying? He's like, you know, sometimes goalies get into these ruts where they need a little bit like... He needs to just kind of look back at a lot of his game and build a little bit of confidence. And if you're just losing confidence after every, it's so hard to get out of those really bad ruts, right? In anything in life, it's really hard when you're down and things aren't going your way, especially after having a lot of success. It's very hard to get just out of that. And maybe an extra little, you know, a weekend off here, right? Like he, he you know, there's no game on Saturday, no game on Sunday. You just got the Kings here. I, I really would not be surprised if it's Spencer Martin to just get like a full mind reset for for Thatcher Demko here. I wouldn't be either. And it's such a small mm -hmm. thing. But there was a drill at the end of practice today. Oh. 
And it was the shootout trail. So you can't leave until all but one player has scored, and you don't want to be the last player to score. Mm-hmm. It was OEL. OEL was the only player who couldn't score. Yeah, the Canucks tweeted out a video, too. It was like, Pod Colson, last one to score. No, he well, because, no, yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, he was OEL didn't score. score. They just right. walked off the ice after OEL. It came down Eesh. to OEL and Pod Colson. And, and o- Bo Horvat was the third and last. Bo- no, he wasn't. Bo Horvat was long before that. No, he wasn't. He was third he was last. third last. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because I, I looked right over to someone. I'm like, geez, how many goals does this guy have on the year? I don't think I don't think Bo was third last. I'm yeah, he was third last. Call you out on that. I think you uh, I don't think so. How many practices have you been to? <laughs> That's true. I, I know what he looks like on the You probably thought it was JT Miller or Connor Garland. <laughs> Miller was the first to score. He was, on yeah. The drill. And then uh, he bowled over Ian Clark. Yeah, he hits Ian Clark. <laughs> I was a, Woodley and I were getting up. We were getting ready to go. It was like a joking little bump, but it knocked uh, Ian Clark right over. <laughs> well, I think Clarky was bent over. Yeah. He was like picking up a puck or something. And Miller just backed into him when he wasn't expecting it. He but felt bad. They, you yeah, could tell, hugged, yeah, yeah, you could tell Miller felt pretty was, bad. But like he knocked him. It was a clean, clean hit. Yeah, it was. Better than the Edler. Yeah, it was, clean, it was cleaner than Edler's hit. We'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Spencer Martin. So Spencer Martin made a lot of saves in that drill, and the goalies didn't switch until they got scored on. Spencer Martin started oh, yeah, off on a heater. Yeah. He was he was making saves. And I think Demko he's going to start tomorrow. As many. Uh, again, we'll know more about that tomorrow. Though we'll it's get to a small that thing. Sure. We'll get to it tomorrow. We think it's. I think it's going to be Spencer Martin. As do you? Yeah, I think um, it is too. But would I go with? And that's who I'd go with too. Yeah. All okay. right. Betway, pull it up. Alex, your boy. Debrinket yesterday. He got some for me. Scored a goal last night. So uh, shout out to Alex's boy, Alex Debrinket. Um, he got some for me yesterday, but we got uh, a little bit of flame stuff here today. Uh, we got the flames in Tampa Bay playing today. I got the flames to win. And I added just a little touch onto that with Nazem Kadri getting a point. I think he's got like 14 points in 16 games, something along those lines. He's been putting up a lot of points. Um, so I'm just kind of adding that as a little sprinkle onto the Calgary flames winning tonight. I think it's, and I didn't hit, you know, I always hit my over, right? My 6.5 total goals over. Didn't hit it today. I think it's going to be a low scoring game here, uh, with these flames and lightning, but I think Calgary's going to sneak it out. Uh, and Kadri's t- leading the team in points. I think he's just going to get one here. Helps kind of add on to it because otherwise it's kind of a pick em between the two teams on the old Betway, Betway, Betway. And then the other one here, David Pasternak, Kirill Kaprizov, both of them to score at least one goal tonight. So both of them need a score for you. Pasternak has got like nine goals on the year. Kaprizov has 10, but, but Pasternak hasn't scored in his last two. Kaprizov hasn't scored in his last three. They're due. Both of these guys are due. They're going to score. Betway, Betway, Betway. 19 plus to play. You know what we haven't talked about in a while? What's that? Nation beer. I was at a liquor store. Oh, yeah. With Cody Sievertson, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and Who's we, that? We went chat member. Uh, and he crushed Oh, yeah, Dan. No Betway promo code. No, we don't have one. Okay. Um, okay, so I go to the liquor store, and I'm like, I wonder if they have Nation beer. Mm. And I found it. We haven't talked about it in a while. Nation beer is still available. We designed the cans. Well, we, right. we told people what to design. Uh, shout out Kennedy I'm at Nation you. Network. She does no, a great job. Yeah, shout out Kennedy. Shout out to me to making a recovery here off the show. The, the camera. Yeah, fell you're down still a little story. rattled about that, but you did pretty well. You did pretty well, my friend. I'm gonna have a serious talk with <laughs> with the higher ups. I'm going above your head. I'm going <laughs> above your head at Nation Network. I gotta well, have to talk with these people. Yeah, because then as soon as they talk to me, I'm just gonna tell them that you didn't install it very well. No, I'm I'm pissed. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, our technical producer, Alex Allard, uh, and our thanks to Frank Cervelli of Daily Faceoff for joining us. My hey, name's Tomorrow, Dave- uh, Don Taylor, join the show tomorrow. Don Taylor, very nice. Yeah. My name's Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for taking another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Look at that backdrop. It looks so much better. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. 
Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.